0: Sees Seize the Year series um, as we come into 2019. And I just want to remind you first and foremost, C3 Silverwater, as I reminded our 10 a.m. crowd. I don't want you to miss out, so I'm going to bring a word for you tonight. But first, I want to remind you that you are valiant. You are valiant. This is who you are. And valiant is to be bravely determined especially when things are difficult or the situation gives no cause for hope. You are valiant, C3 Silverwater. This is your superpower. This is your secret power. This is what you're good at. Uh, When I move amongst the people of C3 Silverwater, I see valiant to the left and to the right as I lean in and hear your stories, as I watch them unfold, as I watch you overcome I see valiant all around me, and the word valiant in the scriptures is commonly used to describe a warrior taking territory. Actually, if you search the scriptures, uh, that's where you see that word most commonly used in the context of taking ground. And what I love about the people of C3 Silverwater is I'm watching you valiantly take ground in education, in your finances, within your families, within the marketplace, within your businesses. The doors of opportunity I see you step through them valiantly and I, I salute you I want to start 2019 by saluting you and reminding you who you truly are. Now I want to I want to bring a word here tonight called a God glimpse and I want to prepare us as we come into this new year to posture ourselves to hear what only God could whisper to see what only God could reveal to us about who we are see God, Breathed us into life, he knitted us together in our mother's womb. Only he knows the future, only he knows the unique and intricate workings of who you are, the unique and creative expression of who you are. Only he knows the future. And so, I believe it's important as we step into the dawn of a new year to ask him, God, show me what only you can show me, tell me what only you know. I'm waiting. I'm lingering. Let me hear, let me see. See, God is not exclusive when it comes to our future. His blessing is declared over it, and he will give us a glimpse. And right through the scriptures, God gives a glimpse to the saints, and he gives a glimpse to us if we'll take a moment, if we'll still ourselves, if we'll quiet ourselves, and ask him to show us what only he can show us. He'll give us an in- insight into the future. And I love a God glimpse Um it does give us an insight into the future, and what it does is it carries us through. So we're starting out 2019, and you know, it's all champagne and bubbles and party poppers, and it's exciting, you know, it's fresh. We feel the freshness of a new year. Yeah, right. But the beauty of a God glimpse is it will carry you through even the most harrowing moments in the midst of your year. Yeah. It will carry you through because a God glimpse is the truth that um that 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 shouts over the top of every any natural circumstance. A God truth is very, very powerful. A God truth is when the Scriptures leap off the page into your heart and they, they kind of shape and form a new version of yourself. A, a God glimpse is when heaven ignites something on the inside of you. It puts fire in your soul. It gets you up in the morning. It pushes you out of the parameters of a normal existence and more into the greater existence and and expression of who we are, the one that God has intended for us. It it takes us from the norm into the magnificent. And you are magnificent. You are a wonder. So live like the wonder that you are. You know, sometimes it's a nudge, sometimes it's a word, sometimes it's an impression. But God is speaking and leading all the time. And it's not complex, it's not intellectual, it's not religious, it's relational. And he's right there, he's hovering, friend, he's hovering. Even if this this is your first time in this place tonight, let me tell you, he sees you completely. Will you pause for a moment and will you acknowledge him? Because there, he's hovering, he's leaning in. There have been many interventions, many interceptions to protect you on the course of life tonight. Can we corporately acknowledge him? Can we pause and say thank you? Amen. Guys, I'm not even getting started yet. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. So this is the time of year as we cross the threshold of 2018 into 2019 to ask God for a glimpse Now, I want to play a short clip from the movie The Greatest Showman. Any fans out there? (laughs) Was that not the best thing that happened in 2018, Brittany Savitt? Uh, I want to play my favourite scene, a short scene in the film where the young uh, ringmaster gets a glimpse of his future and it's like the world stands still as he's captivated by this beauty, the young trapeze artist. So let's check this out. I love that question. I love what he says. He says, do you have a crush on him, Brittany? Is that what you are laughing about? Who doesn't have a crush on Zac Efron? <laughs> I love what he said. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Mick, for your honesty. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> he said, who is that? See, when, you're, when you get a God glimpse, when your future is right up in your face and you get to see it eye to eye. It's captivating and you ask yourself, who is that, what is that? It arrests your attention when you get a glimpse of your future. There's more for you, for each and every one of you. And when it when it comes and it sweeps before you, it's like the world stands still. Heaven speaks and the world stands still and we're arrested with our future. It takes a hold of us, it gets on the inside of us. It's so powerful. Just a glimpse from God is far more powerful than any natural circumstance. It transcends. It overshadows. God glimpses are eternal. They are born of a higher frequency. They're not of this earth. And God is speaking. And I love the way God accompanied Jesus and Mary as they traveled to the time where uh, Joseph and Mary, when Jesus was born into the earth. Mary and Joseph were guided in in their journey by encounters, by dreams, by impressions, by prophecies. There was a series of profound glimpses that were gifted to them along the way, glimpses of the future. They weren't handed a road map, they were led along the way. And that is how it is, friends. There are many times you're going to feel like you're walking on the edge. You're walking out, out on the edge. But God will meet and accompany you and provide insight, revelation, understanding along the way. Even as you walk the edge, the cold face of life, he'll meet with you just as he did this young, soon-to-be mother and father. You know, they had traveled. They'd been rejected for a place to rest. They'd given birth the, in amongst the animals. They couldn't be more physically and emotionally depleted. And then three wise men come and meet them at that place. They come and they give gifts, which will actually finance their next season. It's very powerful how God's provision comes many times in the midst of absolute humility, absolute exhaustion, absolute unknowing. They're holding a baby in their arms in the midst of a barn with the animals around. They're exhausted. They're depleted. And then God's provision comes. You know, the provision comes in the midst of the motion. There are some things that God is asking you to do this 2019. It's going to be in the midst of the motion that the confirmation comes. It's going to be in the midst of the motion that the promotion comes. It's going to be in the midst of the motion that the provision comes. Get moving, people. Get unstuck. Let the oil hit the wheel, Start moving in the right direction. Get on that upward winding path and you'll find the provision, the heavenly provision will come and meet you along the way. What I love about this story is God wasn't just giving a glimpse. These gifts were prophetic of Jesus. They're amazing. They brought myrrh and anointing oil. They brought frankincense as a perfume. They brought gold as a valuable. And these three gifts had a spiritual meaning. Gold as a symbol of kingship on earth. Frankincense and incense as a symbol of of deity and myrrh and embalming oil as a symbol of death. They were prophetic of Jesus' beginning and end. These gifts signify Jesus' kingship on earth, the fact that he is the son of God and his death as a sacrifice for all of humanity. At the beginning of his life, three prophetic gifts that express the essence of who he was and why he was on the earth. And here's the thing, friends, there are God gifts woven on the inside of us, literally woven into your DNA that have been there since the beginning of your creation in the womb, just as God wove Jesus together with great intentionality, with great prophetic purpose in the same way, to the same measure, there are Gifts of kindness and hospitality and healing and prophetic insight and creativity and power and strength and endurance and steadfastness on the inside of you that were purpose just as Jesus was purpose. He didn't put it there to be hidden. He didn't put it there to be ashamed. He put it there so you would be brilliant and you would shine in the fullness of your brilliance. This is the nature of my God. He put a gift on the inside of you. Let it shine, baby, in 2019. Let it shine. This is awesome. In that moment, if ever there was a moment Mary and Jesus, Mary and Joseph, not Jesus yet, needed the clarity. And the reassurance of who Jesus was, I think it's that very moment. They've journeyed the awkward social dynamics of Mary conceiving supernaturally. Let's not delve into that. They had travelled afar on foot. They had no place to rest for the night. They delivered their baby amongst the animals. And every mother who was delivered in the room know that that is a freakish scenario. And in our wildest dreams and nightmares, we would never hope for that. Thank God for modern medicine. It's the end of a long And complex season in this moment, God speaks through these gifts. And God goes on to lead them supernaturally through dreams, to guide them, avoiding the jealous um, attention and destructive interests of Herod, who is the ruling king in the land at that time. And who was threatened by Jesus and the anointing that was on his life and the position that was prophesied over him. And God speaks to Joseph and several times through directive dreams, they go under the radar to safety. You know, from the moment Jesus Christ, the anointed, was born... The Antichrist spirit was in pursuit of him. And his whole life, in different forums, Jesus would elude this spirit. He'd elude this antagonism. He'd elude this opposition until he yielded to it on one poignant day, according to his father's leading, and accepted the cross for all of humanity. But resurrection power was also part of the story. But he was so yielded. He dodged and weaved that spirit until the day, according to his father's leading, he yielded to it. There will be two tensions on the God dream. The gift, the deposit, which is on the inside of us. There is the loving father who leads, illuminates, affirms, raises up and champions you. And then there's the liar and the underminer. You know, from the moment Jesus entered the earth, he came quietly, he came hidden, he came humble, but atmospherically, it was like lightning over the earth. The one had come, the anointed one had come, the savior of all of mankind, game-changing, the son of God had entered the earth. And the seed that's in your heart, the gift that's on the inside of you, I believe is equal threat. When we're awakened to the power that's on the inside of us, I believe it's an equal threat. You're magnificent. I'd be shaking in my boots. I'd be nervous if I was the enemy. The hope, the gift may be humble, it may be hidden, but God Himself will coax it out into light. He'll call it out, He'll guide it from a hidden seed in your heart to a living, breathing reality. This is what He does. He's amazing. And you know what? Herod, the bad boy in this story, he had natural governance over the land, he had a level of authority. But God is always sovereign. And, you know, He Jesus didn't yield until God said so. God was sovereign in the story. God has the upper hand. And I love 2 Corinthians 4.18. It teaches us to fix our gaze past what we see now. And as we enter into 2019, I want to encourage you to train your eyes to fix past what you see now. Fix on what you know, fix on what you understand, look past the haze, look past the apprehension, look past the doubt, look past the fear, look past and rather fix on what you now know, what God is telling you, what the glimpse is, get a hold of the glimpse, get a hold of the word, get a hold of the insight and fix your gaze rather, put your energy on the, you know we only have a certain portion of energy, are we going to attach it to the things that drain, that don't build, that don't produce or are we going, to fix our eyes and rather attune our spirit to that which God says will be. Let's get in line with him. Let's get in the slipstream of God this 2019, a God glimpse. You know, holidays are holy days. They're an opportunity not just to rest and and slumber a little, but also to tune in, get the God glimpse in the midst of the rest as you adjust your rhythm and slow it down to the beautiful lull that is January that is unlike any other time of the year, make the most of it in that acknowledge that these holidays are holy days and they're times to tune in to what the great I am has to say. So how do you get a God glimpse? I want to give you a few practical tools here tonight. My first one is, you know, unclutter. There is only so much room in the vessel of our heart, and there is a lot of distraction. Now, distraction is not a sin, but it inhibits the infilling because it takes a place, because it inhabits a space. Distraction, whatever that um, entertainment may be, whatever that thing may be, it's fine. It's not a sin, but I'm just saying that it can't do the work. It can't do the wonder of being with Him. There's a... True rest, a true refreshing that only comes from being with God. Mark a time and a place. I like to walk the block. I walk the block. That's my place. I make my time and He speaks to me. God speaks to me when I walk the block. I love that my God is not a far off, distant God. I love that He's not so high and lofty and religious that He can't speak to His daughter. I've known the voice of the Father since I was a little girl and it's the greatest strength in my life. And I'm grateful for it. And so I walk the block and he talks to me. He tells me things. And the distraction falls away and the angst falls away and peace comes when I walk the block and I pray. Enter with thankfulness. What I love about God is as we enter his presence with thankfulness, it's like everything, the world really does grow strangely dim. Everything else fades around you. And Psalm 100 in the message translation says, enter with the password, thank you. If you want to fast track into God's presence, come with thankfulness. And you know, even recently, I was walking out of my house and maybe my shoulders were a little heavy and I was feeling the weight of circumstances. And even as I hit the driveway and turned to walk out onto the block, I just found that thankfulness sprang up in my heart quite contrary. I think it's like a... um, It's a discipline. If you discipline, thankfulness will spring up out of your heart. Even when you're not feeling it, when you most need it, you're going to find thankfulness springs up out of your heart like a default, and it lifts your spirit. And and as soon as thankfulness lifts in your heart, the atmosphere changes and everything shifts around you, and you begin to see with clarity, actually. When you get up into his presence and thankfulness rises in your heart, you begin to see clearly. Clarity comes. Answers come. You know, God will speak to you. No one is disqualified in this room. I love the story of eight-year-old Samuel in the Scriptures. I love that God made an example of him. Just as God spoke to eight-year-old Samuel, he'll speak to you. And, you know, Samuel was a young boy who would grow up to be a future prophet and a mouthpiece for God. But he first needed to learn how to hear. And I want to look into this story about God, how God trained Samuel to hear his voice, just as he could train us. Even if we've never heard God speak before, I believe it's possible, even in this place tonight, that if we have ears to hear, that he will speak. He first needed to learn how to hear God. You know, Samuel was Hannah's miracle baby. After years of infertility and grief in the young mother's heart, Samuel was born to her. And she gave him back to God and she gave him to his house. And he was growing up at the temple. And it's interesting because Eli was the residing priest at the temple. And he had sons who had also grown up in the temple, but these sons had grown familiar with God's house. And familiarity is a fast track to numbness, actually. Humility is what enables us to hear God. And humility comes in the purity of of a childlike heart, a childlike approach. And uh, we have a modern day Samuel in our midst tonight. And I'm going to invite a friend of mine to come and tell his story about how God has spoken to him. So I'm going to ask Thomas to come, my, my little buddy. All right, you just take over, buddy. Do you want to sit with me, Thomas? Let's do this chill. No. Thomas is my friend. He's a great young man. He's got a great leadership gift on his life. He's a friend of our family. He lives in our street. When I grow up, I'd like to be like Thomas. <laughs> and he's
1: going to tell his story about how God spoke to him tonight. In April 2018, I was at my weekly footy training session. I was really excited about this session. We got tackling bags to practice our defense. I liked defense, so I gave it my all. But on my fifth turn, I was running with all my speed. And instead of putting my head to the side, I went head first into the solid bag. Everything was going so quick. I didn't know what was going on. I had pain in my neck, and my dad was worried about a spinal injury. So we had to go to Westmead Hospital. When we got there, they put me in a neck brace. I was flat on my back with sandbags either side of me. I was not allowed to move even a tiny bit. I could only sit with my thoughts, and that's when I heard God say to me, it's going to be okay. God is so trustworthy, so I knew I could trust him. I was informed that I would stay in their miserable neck brace for eight weeks. My life was going to be so different from being so active to now needing help to get out of bed. My mom and dad needed to do everything for me. I couldn't even dress myself. So as you might guess, things were tough, but I always had God by my side. That's the best part, he will always be with us no matter Every Tuesday, my mum and I had to go to Westmead Hospital. One visit, my doctor said that I would need to have an MRI. I was quite scared at first because you have to be so still with a big machine so close, making lots of noise, and you can't even move. But then I thought, it won't be so bad because I have God by my side. On the way to the MRI, my mum was telling me her favourite Bible verse, the Lord is my shepherd. I knew I could do it, and that God was with me. It was scary, but I did fine, and felt like I got through something that's even scary for adults. I got through the eight weeks of being in the brace, and I was given the all clear. God told the truth. He said it's going to be okay, and it was. So what have I learnt? To know that God is always with you, to be compassionate of others with injuries, to trust God always. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas.
0: Thank you, sir. Thank you, young man, getting ready to take my job. (laughs) It's It's awesome. If God can speak to Thomas, he can speak to us, and he will. That's the nature of our God. It's humility, not familiarity, that enables us to see God. The Bible says the pure in heart will see God. And one Samuel three one, it says the word of the Lord was rare and very precious in those days. There were no frequent or widely spread visions. And let me tell you, when God speaks to you, when He gives you a glimpse, it is precious. It's life. It's not just direction. It's commission. And I want to encourage you, take responsibility for your commission. What God says over you, uh, take it, consider it, ponder it, meditate on it. And there will always be a response or a practical action attached to what God says of us and what he asks us to do. I want to ask you to be faithful with the commission that God gives you. To walk in faithfulness, to outwork that thing that God is asking you to do. Samuel heard God call, and he thought it was Eli. And it says in 1 Samuel 3, 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord was not yet revealed to him. But God presented himself to young Samuel, just as he presented himself to Thomas. And God presents himself personally to all of mankind. He comes to children. He comes to those who appear to have a hard heart, to those who appear to be distant, to those who appear to be unreachable, unlovable, to people who have different expressions of religiosity and faith, to Muslim, to Hindu, to all different expressions of humanity. God is coming like a white stallion. That's how the scriptures describe him, as a stallion racing, galloping towards humanity with a cause to save all of mankind, coursing through his heart. This is the Jesus. He is on a mass salvation cause. He's not sleeping. He's not resting. He's not slumbering. This is how he is. So Eli directed Samuel, when you hear the voice, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And in 1 Samuel 3.11, the Lord told Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which both ears of all who hear it shall tingle. Let me tell you, when God gives you a glimpse, just like Zac Efron, your ears tingle. When God gives you an insight, your heart palpitates. It it leaps out of your chest when God gives you a glimpse. And I'm praying in this place tonight that not one would feel exempt of hearing, of searing, of of getting a glimpse and an insight. And I believe God is generous to reveal tonight. He's not a God who withholds. He'll speak to those who have ears to hear, just like Thomas, just like young Samuel. I'm going to ask the team to come. 1 Samuel 3.19, Samuel grew, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. What God declares and ordains and decrees shall be. And Joshua 23.14 says this. And let me tell you, if God tells you something, it's different to it being cultivated by man. When God tells you something, it shall be. And Joshua 23.14 says, know in all your hearts, And in all your souls, that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God promises concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one thing of them has failed. People may fail you. Circumstances may fail you. You can't put your confidence in anything but God alone. And the Word of God will not fail you. All will come to pass of the things he speaks over you, declares over you.